Welcome to the podcast of New Creation Christian Center. I am Pastor Marquise Franklin, and I am excited that you would take the time to listen to our latest sermons and what God is doing in this ministry. New Creation Christian Center is in Seattle, led by Pastor Harold and Annis Franklin. And our statement is, come as you are and be transformed by the word of God, as stated in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to be encouraged by the word of God that is going to be shared today. Check it out and share it with somebody that may need it. Now, let's get into this week's message. Act like you won the battle, amen? Sometimes the, the, the battle, the, the, the biggest battle was in our minds. How many know that? The enemy wants to attack your minds. I was, uh, today I actually was uh, walking with uh, Brother TJ and Brother Philip, um, and we just walked around the neighborhoods and began to pray with people. And one of the things that uh, TJ was talking about, they're praying for is their minds will be cleared up. How many know there's a fog? The Bible says in the last days, their minds will be messed up, basically. In Romans chapter one, it talks about their, their minds being pretty much taken over by the enemy's thoughts and our prayer should be that God would clear our minds but how many know that the enemy wants to attack the believers minds they want to attack us with fear that's one big thing right now that we see fear and we cannot be children of God and walk in what we are called to walk in if we walk in fear amen so once again somebody shout like you already won the battle I know sometimes we uh, got to go back to the little Pentecostal roots because sometimes we uh, we a little quiet, amen. But uh, I'm excited about what God has been placing in my spirit, and I believe that it will be confirmation to you as well. And today we're going to talk about rise up again, but this time we're going to talk about the harvest. Somebody say the harvest. The harvest is out there. It's great, but the laborers are a few. Heavenly Father, I thank you, dear God, for once again being here in your presence. God, I pray to God that your word will go forth. Dear God, remove me. Dear God, let your spirit speak. Let him speak to us all, dear God, so that we could take this word. And dear God, that you would allow this word to grow inside of us. And dear God, that we would reap 20, 30, 40 fold, 100 fold of your word, oh God, in our lives. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Let the church say, amen. So briefly last week, I talked about rise up. Everybody say rise up. Rise up. up. We talked about Noah, right? Noah had to rise up. See, this is the thing. I'm I'm not going to hang on that a lot, but God told Noah to do something. Imagine if Noah didn't build the boat, right? Imagine if when David was told to go face Goliath, he was like, nah, nobody else is going to do it, God. Why do I, right? Imagine if Daniel... When they said, don't pray to any other God, he said, okay, I I can miss out on my prayers for a couple of days, right? It's not going to hurt anybody. God's not going to send me to hell for missing prayers for two days, right? Imagine if they didn't rise up what the testimony would be. They they wouldn't be in the Bible. (laughs) They'll be just ordinary people. But when you rise up for the promise and the gift that God has given in you. When you rise up in that, God does something mighty, amen? And I want, I want to be a vessel that God uses in a mighty way. Does anybody else want to be somebody that God uses in a mighty way? Well, he's asking you to rise up. 
There may be little things that God is already speaking in your spirit. He wants you to begin to rise. It could be as simple as when you walk through, you just pray. You don't even have to talk to somebody. I know some of us, we're scared to talk to people. Just begin to pray. You can even pray, like you can pray quietly. But God is asking you to rise up. Amen? I always get that scripture in my spirit. When the enemy comes rushing in, right, like a mighty flood, we must raise up or rise up a, a standard, right? We have to rise up the standard of faith. How many know that today faith is being mixed with all kind of things, right? Oh, I have faith that I can get this job. I have faith. Yeah, I, I was talking to, there was a, a couple that I know that they were doing a TV show and they were live and they were talking about faithfulness. And I was like, Sometimes the problem is people are faithful to the wrong things. Like they, they're so strong in their faith, but it's the wrong thing. We have to make sure our faith is sure and sound in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So we're talking about rise up. Uh, this kind of reminds me of something. Anybody ever been to like the gym? You went to the gym. Um, sometimes I go to the gym, LA Fitness when well, they're open, but I haven't been back. But there's a time when you get in the gym and you want to play basketball and there's like seven people in there and you're like, oh, man, we need 10. So you're asked, you're running out to see who's going to come play with you. We're like, hey, hey, man, we're about to go play. You know, you go to the ones that you know already play, right? You're like, hey, we're getting ready to play basketball. Do you want to play? And they're like, oh, I can't. Oh, man, we got to find somebody. So you're on a mission to find people until you get to that 10. Then you're like, finally, we can play. Why? Everybody is excited because they, that's really what they came to the gym for, right? So that same way that you go out and have to ask people to come on, come on. Hey, we should do that with God. The exact same way. Hey, there's a game going on, right? And actually, it's eternity. It's, it's getting ready to come. Are you ready? Do you want to go to eternity? All you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The same zeal, the same energy that we do it for a basketball game, we have to match or even overmatch, overlap that energy, right? Because God, guess what? God is coming back. And one thing I'll say about God coming back is it's not a game. It's not a game. There's only two sides you can be on when he comes back. And those two sides are very simple. Either you know him or you don't know him. Right? So it's our job as believers to rise up. Somebody say rise up. And go out. Somebody say go out. See, we do a good job of rising up in here, but we have to also go out. There's no, I'm going to tell you this. You can be the greatest team in history, but if you don't never go out and play somebody, nobody knows how good you are. But the enemy is out there keeping us bound, saying, ah, oh, don't go out. Your schedule's packed. Ah, that might not be the, the greatest thing for you. Remember last time you went out and tried to do it, it didn't work too well? Right? You, they try to distract you, right? They try to discourage you, but God is saying, rise up and go out. Let's go to Luke chapter 10. This is when Jesus himself actually appointed the disciples to go out. We're going to read this chapter, and this is pretty much all we're going to read today. We're going to go from uh, chapter, Luke chapter 10, 1 through verse 24. We're going to start at verse 1. 
And it says this, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. Okay, so many times we talk about just the 12, but right here, God, Jesus himself appoints 70. Somebody say 70. So God, he, he is about getting numbers on his side, right? Because once he gets people to go, he can do something powerful, right? And he says, he appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to him, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, somebody say therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, I'm going to break this down real quick because there's a couple things that I just saw as I was reading it. But the harvest is great. What does that mean? There, is, there are people that need to know who Jesus is. In the current world that we live in, how many believe that? We, we are constantly reminded of it. If you watch the news, guess what you see? The world needs Jesus, right? If you don't watch the news and you just watch your neighbors for long enough, if you get outside of the house that you live in, you see that the world needs Jesus, right? But the laborers are few. Who are the laborers? We are the laborers. Once we've accepted Jesus Christ, he has given us a job. See, sometimes we think that if I accept Jesus Christ, I'm just going to heaven. Life is great. No, you have a job to do. You've been mandated. You've been sent to share about Jesus. See, Christianity and serving Jesus cannot be a selfish thing. We are supposed to share our testimony we are supposed to share the word of God. We're so even supposed to share his works with as many people as we can. That's what makes us effective. Amen? Then it says, therefore, pray. Somebody say pray. pray. The Lord of the harvest. So guess what? Not only is the harvest great, God is the Lord of the harvest. Right? He, he already is in control. But he wants to see if you're going to go. See, sometimes we're like, I don't know if, <laughs> have you ever said, I don't know if they're going to they're gonna receive Christ. Maybe they're not, not one, you know, sometimes people get even fancy with their words. Maybe they're not the elected. Maybe they're not the ones that God chose. But guess what? You're not the Lord of the harvest. He is. He's the Lord of the harvest. And he doesn't say, uh, you know, we're, you know, don't try to say to this one or say it to that one. He's not saying divide and conquer. He's just saying go out. Somebody say go out. He's just saying go out. So it says pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into, once again, his harvest. He's looking for a laborer. He's looking for somebody to rise up and say, here I am, God. Just like Isaiah, here I am, God, send me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know all the ins and outs, but God, send me. I'll do it. He is looking for a willing vessel. Amen? We have to be willing. But check this out. In verse 3, it says, Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. All right, so now, wait, 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 wait. He's the Lord of the harvest. 
But there's going to be a challenge. Somebody say a challenge. There's going to be a test. Have you ever went out to share the gospel and, and things happen <laughs> that were like out of your control? Like, whoa, that's a little interesting. Why? Because the enemy is trying to discourage you. I remember I, I, I tell this uh, plenty of times, me and my uh, friend Marcel, I think I was about 17 at the time. I was working at Victorious Life Christian Center on Rainier Avenue in Columbia City. And, and uh, we went and we were going to go out and do street ministry on a Friday. So this was Marcel's first time coming and doing street ministry. The very first person, as soon as we opened the church door, there was a bus stop right in front of it. And we're like, hey, uh, hey, bro, how you doing today? We just want to tell you about Jesus Christ. And he's like, get, and you know, he has a whole bunch of cuss words, get away from me. I don't want to see you. Get out of here. You know, and, and Marcel's like, whoa. And I'm like, guess what? And, and as soon as he, we get away from him, I say, Marcel, that was the enemy just trying to discourage us from going. All right? So we kept on going. And, he, and that night, even, somebody accepted Jesus Christ that night. Amen? But you have to go knowing that there is a war, knowing that not only there's a war, but you will be victorious. Because greater is he that is within us, that's Jesus Christ, than he that is in the world. Amen? It says, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, or greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. Now, it's, it's very interesting, this, this passage. I noticed that, uh, and I think, TJ, we kind of talked about this earlier. You can feel uh, when different presences, there's a different spirit in the place, Right? You can feel when you go share um, the word of God, whether somebody has a spirit that is with that spirit in alignment or a spirit that is trying to defy that, right? I even got to, got to notice when we did um, some street ministry downtown in Seattle in a, in, a, in a different club areas, you can feel different spirits on different nights, one night there will be a violent spirit. One night there's just a, a rowdy spirit. It's just, and you can feel it. And it got to the point we would pray before we go and say, God, lead us. And there was like, I can't, I can't explain it more than this, but it was like the spirit of God would begin to shake our hearts. And we knew we had to move. And as soon as we moved, there was a fight or something that broke out. So we were saying, God, lead us. So, so when you go out, your, your job is to say, lead us, God. Help us know where you want us to go and where we shouldn't go. Because how many know, even though God has called you to go share the word, there's specific places you're supposed to be at certain times. Right? You can't just hang out. Right? You can't just hang out. You got you to gotta share the word. Get out there, share the word, and move on. Amen? And verse 7 says, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, I'm sorry, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as they set before you. And heal the sick there. Somebody say, heal the sick. When we go out, we got to be bold and pray believing that God is able to heal. How many believe that? How many have ever prayed and God healed somebody? 
Okay, so there's a couple people put their hands down. That's okay. I'm going to tell you to keep on praying. Keep on praying. Why? Because the more you trust God, the more he is able to do through you. And guess what? It's not your prayer. It's not your power. It's your prayer. It's not your power, okay? You're praying to the all-powerful God. When we get in our mindset how powerful God is, it's, it makes us look at things a lot differently. God is not some weak God, some weak guy up in heaven just sitting on a throne, and the throne chair is huge, and he's just so small, and he's not in control. No, God is in control. Did you know that God is not fighting the devil? The devil's already under his feet. He already kicked the devil out of, out of, out of the heavens. He doesn't have to fight the devil. Matter of fact, guess who fights the devil? Michael, the archangel, right? His angels fight against the devil. But we have to understand that God is all-powerful. Somebody say all-powerful. So when, he, when we lay hands on the sick, when we believe in the all-powerful God, he is able to do a mighty work. Amen? So we have to go. Somebody say rise up. Go. Somebody rise up and go. Come on, say it like you mean it. Rise up and go. <laughs> Amen. All right, it said in verse 9, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. The kingdom of God has come near to you. What's the kingdom of God? Does anybody know? The kingdom of God is not just, oh, God has come here. He's come to take over. He comes to reign. You guys get that? When we come representing the kingdom of God, it is not just us in control. It is his control. We surrender, right, and allow him to lead us. And God's kingdom is not weak, as I said earlier. His kingdom is a powerful kingdom. But his kingdom is advanced as we go out and share who he is. Some people don't know who God is. And if we don't clearly tell them, they're, they're, they might be searching in all kinds of things. But God is saying, just tell them something about me today. Amen? Tell them. Verse 10 says, but whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, you go into the street its streets and say the very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you nevertheless know this that the kingdom of God has come near you but I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the day for Sodom than for that city then it goes in verse 13 woe to the Cherosen woe to the woe to you Bethsidia for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon they would have repented long ago sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the, at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heavens, will be brought down to Hades. He who hears, um, who hears you hears me. He who rejects you rejects me. And he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Now here's the thing about when you go out. There's going to be some people that don't accept it. Sometimes it's because of hardness of heart. Sometimes it's because uh, they dealt with something that the enemy is trying to keep them bound. There's just all different kind of things that go into it. And sometimes we have to, that's why we must pray before we go. 
Because we don't know what kind of strongholds are there. But we must still go. We can't allow that to detract us. Amen? Verse 17 says, then the 70 returned with joy. So after they went out, after they shared the gospel, after some people came to know who Christ was, after people were healed, there's an excitement that goes with it. Right? So, so if you want to have an exciting Christian life, you must share. You must rise up. You must go out. You must pray for people. Amen? I don't know about you. When you are used by God, it's an exciting thing. You see, uh, when, when somebody gets healed, you're like, whoa, God, look. It makes you more hungry for God. It's like I, I got to keep on. I can't just keep this to myself. It's like a, 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 a bottle of soda that's been shaken up. It's got to get out. <laughs> right? We got to let what God is doing out. And, it, and it's exciting when you're used by God. So they come back with joy. Somebody say joy. joy. Come on, can we shout joy real quick? Joy. joy. There we go. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. This means even though in it, the, the, the devil and the demons are subject to you because of the Christ that's in you, right? They're not subject to us. How many know that we can't beat a demon up physically? Right? They're, they're bigger than us. <laughs> But with Christ that is within us, we can do mighty things, right? I remember just growing up in church, you hear so many stories about the enemy, the demons, and the devil. And I used to be tormented by dreams of the devil chasing me. And, you know, when, and when the devil came in those dreams, I couldn't talk, you know, because all I had to say was Jesus and it was over, right? But I couldn't talk. And I would wake up. Like, oh, I can, you know, I think, I feel like I was choked or whatever. I don't know what was going on. But it's like those dreams were so real. Like, even when you woke up, you still felt like you were in them. And I, and I, was, I would just begin to pray. Or when I was younger, I would cry out to my parents, hey, I had a bad dream. And, you know, I would go sleep in their bed with them, right? <laughs> they probably didn't like that too much. But I remember the, the first time I had a dream and I just was able to say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan, and was no longer afraid, right? And, and, the, and the demons, and, the, and they were fearful of the God that was in me, right? And then I could sleep a lot better, right? That's powerful because even in my dreams, God was showing me things. When we realize who we have with us, when we are not gripped by fear and we are able to share who Jesus is, it makes a difference. Jesus makes a difference. Somebody say he makes a difference. We cannot be afraid to go where God sends us. We cannot be afraid of the rejection that we may face because we know that God is with us. He is not only with us, but he will lead us and he will guide us. Amen. But Jesus says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. 
The thing that should get us the most excited is the fact that Jesus saved us. Right? It's not about, oh, I did this or I'm able to do that. It's the fact that, man, I, I am, a as, a as the old church folks said, a wretch undone. <laughs> I am messed up. But Jesus said, hey, I, I, I want to let him know who, I, who he is, who I am. He says, I want to save that one. I want to save. And he wants to do that with many more. And now we're the vessels that he wants to use. Somebody say, go out. Go out. All right, we've got a few more verses and we'll be done for tonight. But I just want us to know we should not just be excited about the power that God gives, but we should be excited about the relationship that we have with Christ. Somebody say our relationship is the most important thing. That's the most important thing. As I wake up even these days now and I, I kind of been stirred with, with different things about prayer the more that I understand that prayer is talking with God, the more that I understand that prayer is communicating with him and understanding what he is saying, there's, that's where the power really lies, right? Knowing God is the most powerful thing. Verse 21 says, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one who knows the Son is except, I'm sorry, and no one knows who the Son is except the Father, and who the Father is except the Son, and the one whom the Son wills to reveal himself. So nobody can know who God is until he reveals himself. We see it here. Jesus pretty much said, Nobody knows who God is except through me, and nobody can know who I am except through God. But then he says, and whoever God reveals himself to, they can know who God is. So our prayer as we go out is God reveal yourself. God reveal yourself. As you're praying for your family members to know who Jesus Christ is, you say, God reveal yourself. Let them know who you are. Wake them up in the middle of the night. Say whatever you have to do. Block the, the enemy, God. Whatever you need to do, reveal yourself to them. I was reading in my devotional today. Uh, some of you guys are reading the Rise Up devotional with us. It was talking about the different ways that God communicates with us. It's through his word. It's through prayer. But it can also be through a message that you hear. It can be uh, uh, somebody come up, coming and saying something that's, that you've been, you know, speaking or you've been hearing in your spirit, confirmation, words of confirmation. He speaks through dreams. God is not limited on how he can speak to you. He might have an airplane, catch this, fly around with some sign just for you, <laughs> right? God can do that, but he also speaks through small voices, speaks to your heart when you're open. When you're saying, God, I, I need to hear from you. But sometimes we got to get to that still, quiet place. That's the hardest part about hearing from God. You got to quiet everything down. Right? You got to get rid of the distractions. Got to turn the cell phone off. All these notifications, these bleep, bleep, ding, all these, all these bleeps and bleeps <laughs> that keep going off, these vibrations or whatever, these phone things. You got to remove that. So you can spend time with God. 
I got a story last night. We got home late, and the person upstairs, their their toilet, uh, somehow, like, I don't know how it works, but it just kept running all night. Like, the water just kept running, and I was like, oh, please don't, don't flood, right? Because we've had that happen before. But it's just running and running and running, like, from 1 o'clock, and they don't stop it all the way until, what was that, noon? About noon, right? So all this water is running, and I, I text the, the owner of the unit like at 6 in the morning. I don't normally do that, but I'm like, hey, I thought somebody was taking a shower when I went to sleep, but it, they can't take a shower that long. That, that's, you, you wouldn't, your skin wouldn't be gone, right? Um, but the water kept running. And what, what, began to speak, what, what I began to hear God saying is sometimes... We keep allowing all these things to keep on running in our life. Keep on running. It's just water's just running, running, running. And you're saying, God, I can't hear from you because you keep allowing things to keep running. Right? You keep allowing all this junk of the world to keep flowing, the, the desires of this world, the, the, just even some good things, they are flowing. But in order to hear from God, you have to stop it. And I don't know what it was on the toilet that they had to fix to keep the water. It's like the thing that keeps the water in the, in the top. The floater. They had to fix the floater, basically. But we have a floater inside of us. That if we don't stop all these things in this world that are flowing in our minds, we're going to be flooded with problems. Can't, you can't hear God when you got so much junk in your life. Like I told you guys, sometimes I get my headphones on, they're not even plugged in, I just block out noise. I wanna block out noise so I can hear God. And we gotta get to that place where we sit, sit still in his presence and know what he is trying to say to us even now, amen? Last two verses, it says, Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. When you go out and make a difference in, in the world, many people want to do that. But they got so much stuff flooding their minds. So many things flooding their timelines. God just wants to know, will you rise up and go out and make a difference in the harvest? Will you make a difference so that people know who Jesus Christ is. That's my prayer today is that we rise up. That we use it. We understand that tonight. As this time in this world is winding down. God is really trying to bring souls to him. Right? Because there is a real hell. I think I said it yesterday, last, last sermon. One of the worst things is for you to be going to heaven and somebody's like, oh, you didn't tell me about Jesus. Don't let that be on you. Let's share Jesus Christ with as many as we can. Amen. Somebody say rise up. Heavenly Father, I thank you to God for your word. God, I pray to God that you would stir up your spirit in us now, God, even now, dear God, to be able to share who you are, dear God, with those that are around us. 
There God, there's some neighbors that are around us. There's some people that we go by maybe every other day. Dear God, we pray to God that you would allow us to be consumed with your spirit and be compelled to share what you've called us to share with them, oh God. Let us share the gospel. Let us share your good news. Let us share your kingdom. God, I pray to God that you just lead and guide us, dear God. I remove fear. I rebuke the enemy. And dear God, we say we rise up to make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let the church say, amen and amen. If that was impactful to you, go ahead and slip up your hand. Amen. Praise God. The reason why we do that, once you hear the word, now you are accountable to the word. And that we want to, let's not just hear it and not be doers. We have to be hearers and doers of the word. Amen. All right, Pastor Harold is going to come on up. God bless you guys. We thank you for listening to today's sermon. And we pray that you are impacted to become the new creation that God desires. We at New Creation Christian Center invite you to come join us for service Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m. located at 5150 South Cloverdale Street, Seattle, Washington. Also, feel free to visit us online at newcreationwa.org. New Creation Christian Center, the path to genuine life where you can come as you are and be transformed by the word of God.